practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of part two, let's get on it. Here he is. Get those, get those cans on. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Hans. Welcome to Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Mitch. Is it a talking stick? That, that, it is. I have to say that before I can talk? You do. And I'm Casey. It's 75 degrees. Yeah. The storm is blowing over. Heading east towards Newark, Ohio. Oh, yeah. You missed a, Mitch- a howler <laughs> down here in Ohio, Hansi. Really? It was like a dark and stormy night. Oh, yeah? Like you read about. The tornado take, lightning, though. Tornado get hold of that Mets hat. I've, I haven't seen a more crumpled Mets hat than what I saw. What I saw. <laughs> it looks like I got hit with a beer can at a game. <laughs> the I mean, I life. love it. I love it. That's a great. I, Mets I, hat. I it was six Ooh, bucks. Speaking of, your your yeah. um, Cleveland is playing tonight, Kansas City, and they were they is were that, winning. I'm following I have the a, Central real close now that the White Sox are hot. Shit. Really? Yeah, they're leading yeah. the division. They got uh, they got a, they got a cardboard cut out of Al Capone in the in the stands. <laughs> so we're open. <laughs> Just the Kaminsky family sitting behind home plate. Just Kaminsky Artistic behind home rendering. plate with his arms crossed. Right, and his sons arguing. Argue, yeah, Disco is dead. <laughs> oh yes. No, Central I have met more people time. with this hat uh, than like three or four. Like if there's a New Yorker in Columbus. That is a Mets fan. They will stop and chat. It's really great. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a new one, just for no, conversation I, piece. I haven't. I mean, because I haven't. They been can out smell much, a new Mets hat out. They you can get smell the, a new you one. You get a lot of good looks yeah. with the Mets hat in Columbus. Yeah, they they go. They it's go. A you, town, you you a Mets but... fan? Because no one's really a Mets fan. And like, I'm not a diehard Mets fan. I just like the Mets sure. more than sure. the Yankees, and I can't root for the Yankees. So it's like. A, it's a cultural thing. It's saying fuck this part of New York. You know and what I mean? I like the Mets. Columbus, Columbus is a baseball the, town. Columbus is a it's, baseball town. They got town. the Clippers, which was used yeah. to be like a Yankees farm club back yeah. in the early 2000s yeah. before they restructured so. Yeah. They had all the good Yankees come through. Yeah, it's college football and Reds. The River Dogs down here are um they're a Yankees affiliate. So the Clippers aren't Yankees anymore. No, I think they're Indians now. They, yeah, they they did that that in state thing where every team did the closest what they should have done all like I don't know right. what what that I, weird idea was that ever happened. We're like, no, 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 our Triple A team is in uh, Colorado Springs. Like, who, who's it for? The I, Mariners. I think I think that's all market stuff. Like, it's small enough market that needs some kind of sports, but you know, and then some kind of wheel and deal and bring some um, oh, commerce just... into the community. I don't know if you guys read. They just restructured minor league baseball. What did they? Because they were feeling the pinch. They're cutting like thirty teams. Oh no! And it's all getting taken under the purview of major league baseball. Like oh they, god, because they're so good at running it. Right now, that's what everybody's like. Why? Oh god. Yeah. So it's all now. It's just major league baseball light. The commissioner that's... of the MLB now is like. So, like, uh, the commissioner before was Bud Selig, right? Is that correct? Or was he two commissioners ago? Well, anyways, all the commissioners, Kennesaw Mountain Landis aside, who never watched baseball, but the the progression from there was all, like, just true blue baseballers. Like, it really encompassed the sport. 
until now, when all this happens, the guy, the commissioner, I forget his name, he might as well be a greasy villain from Major League Three. <laughs> like, he's a marketing guy. Right. He came into yeah. the league in that aspect. He's all about, like, how can we draw out the bucks here and there? Like, he doesn't give a shit about the sport whatsoever, which is why he, the MLB wavered so much going this way and that way and not being able to make a decision. Right, because right, he was didn't make he was decision. playing his cards like he was holding it close to the chest, trying to see you know put his pieces in place, and then right off the bat he just got fucked right because all well, of a sudden St. They... Louis gets COVID yeah. for two weeks and they just didn't yeah. play they didn't play the the game right. I haven't watched. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton. I'll watch highlights, and uh, my favorite thing has been uh, if you can see if you ever see Tristan McKenzie, this kid that the Indians got. The scrawniest, he's like 165 pounds. He's like six foot four. And he is lightning in a bottle. He's had almost two near shutouts. His first two struck out 10 pitcher, people. His, yeah. fir- his first time out, struck out 10 guys. It's like we're bringing tall teams. He's, like, he's like Greg Maddox. It's like he, you have to swing because everything's a strike. He's like one of those guys. He's not like flashy. It's just like, no, I just throw strikes. He's blackjack, he blackjack McDowell. Right. Yeah. 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 He's just, just straight right, down it's, the it's gut. really fun to see. Uh, Deadly serious kid. It's really cool because he's like, I don't even know if he's twenty one. I mean, it, he, I mean, looks like he's twelve because he's so skinny. You can see his shoulder bones. It's like, how does he throw the a ninety seven mile off pat? Like, where does he get it? He's just rubber bands. Like, I, I don't know. It's like so the funny. ligaments. Maybe they're for finally... me because it was. Yeah, I was just gonna say, paying attention to baseball, I was either a kid. So when you were like twenty one, I was like that guy. He's so old. He made it. And now that I'm nearly 40, I was like, he is a kid. He's a child. They're also so terribly uh, ageist on like the sports broadcasters. Like when I listen to sometimes I'll put it on uh, uh, 97.1 here, which is like the ESPN Mm -hmm. affiliate. And I just when you hear how people talk about people being in their 30s, it's the worst. (laughs) Like what what kind of a headspace do you live in where you just. You know, just discard people. Oh, he's getting up. He's useless now. He's thirty-four. Nothing's ever gonna like. They hey! they, everybody that's like, you know, especially football. You know oh, what I mean? God, like, football. oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. He's thirty-two. What's he gonna do at age thirty-two? And they're like, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah, like, who are you? So angry about. Well, that and I was just gonna getting at that when you were. I was like, maybe baseball is bringing in some characters. As soon as you mentioned, um, what's his name, Tristan. Tristan I was like, McKenzie, where, yeah. where's these old? Give me a, give me a Jack Morris. Give me a Frank Viola. Like, give oh, me yeah. these characters. Those were older guys, but they had tricks. They had. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is back when I don't know what kind of scandal it would be if you got caught with a file in your glove, but that was a regular thing, like, and the guys would still complain about it with a smile on their face, be like, "I ain't paying that thousand bucks." You know, it's just like a right. thing. I got a thousand bucks. Right. <laughs> like, take it out of my hide. Wouldn't like, you gotcha. so much rather have that than like Scallywags these like powerhouse bad. games? Just give me characters. Give me guys that gamble on the sport. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> yeah, right. yo, yo, totally. Like some, like someone in this game has been allowed to cheat. Like, you know what I mean? And you got to yeah. figure it out. It's like playing right. Clue. Yeah, no, like, somebody gets the card. Don't tell anybody right, else. Right, right. You're pit- allowed to cheat. You're, one, you're allowed one good cheat. <laughs> yeah. That pitcher's got Sirachi in his glove. I don't know what that does for the baseball, but uh, that umpire is tearing up. <laughs> You seen that? It smells uh, like garlic down on the field. Yeah, right? one of these baseballs is loaded. <laughs> I uh, just, the fuse. Right. <laughs> oh, 
Um, but where's the camera ball? I remember hearing something about that. Someone's like, this someday they're going to be able to put a camera inside a baseball. I'm like, oh, let's roll it out. Now, let's do it now. Let's, can we please? Give, get everybody motion sick. <laughs> right. Put a camera in a nice fat knuckle ball. I just want to see a ball descend on a fan and, you know, it just awkwardly <laughs> just nails like, ah! him. You know what I mean? Screaming into the stands and they're like, you're really surprised. It's like. <laughs> Have you seen those? Um... So I have been watching a lot of baseball because I bought, uh, I subscribed to MLB, so I can watch any game anytime except for like Braves games because I'm in a blackout oh, zone. Oh, because you're in the market, yeah. And it's 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 oh, fun. Oh no, no Braves, and no huh? Braves. Oh no. But so there's this cream. So uh, there's a cream called like Emu Cream. It's like specially for your muscles. And somehow they got old Johnny Bench out of retirement to be their spokesperson. What? He's doing emo <laughs> emo cream? So there's this great commercial with Johnny Bench, and he's he's not necessarily the most spry actor in the world. Still looks like he's, still looks great. Like Look, he's 42? Yeah. Like he did when he was 20? He lo- he, he he's lo- balding his whole life. He looks like he might, uh, he might have some, you know, bad knees. But, uh. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But anyways, he's sitting at a bar and a guy comes up to him and there's like an empty plate. And a guy's like, hey, Johnny, I thought I ordered us some sliders. And Johnny goes, yeah, you did. They're for me. And he, oh, he brings up his hand and he's just yeah, got, so all he's got all these hamburgers in between his fingers. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the famous thing. That's his famous thing. Is it his thing? I love, I, it's going to be my famous thing because it sounds very easy. Yeah. Just. Oh, they go call him Casey Five Burgers. And yes, because he could hold seven baseballs oh, in one hand. Oh, it's baseball. It's There's a famous photo of him going like this, and he's got seven baseballs in one hand. And then they just uh, cut right. to him standing in front of any <laughs> basic suburban home you would see, and somebody just chucks a tub of cream at him, and he catches it, and he's like, "Ammo <laughs> cream. And I was like, I love this shit. And so there's another commercial with Johnny Bench. Wait, where does it come from? Emu like cream? The animal emu? Or is it just Maybe it's emu? like an emu grease or like amber grease. Is it from the animal? I don't, just I didn't, break that. I didn't, they haven't sold me on it yet. I haven't bought any emu grease. Oh, those bird fats. They're good for your muscles. <laughs> yeah, like, what are they harvesting if it's from well, an emu? I mean, emus, they're fast, I guess. <laughs> so they're fast. <laughs> Johnny Bench is just catching <laughs> them, like, stealing, yeah. just hitting them with baseballs. <laughs> like, that's a good target practice for catchers, like... Just throw it at the emu. He's quick. If you can throw this emu out. There's a, there's another one where Johnny Bench is standing in the same spot. You knew they did all these spots at once. And it's just like, he's like, on the weekends, I, you know, I'm tired, but I still get done what's got to get done. And people, like, they throw a rake at him and he, yeah, catches it and throws it to the side. And they throw, like, a broom at him and he, yeah, catches it. He's like, but... When I'm all done, I need some emu cream, and they throw emu cream, and then he holds up his hands, and he's holding, you know, five of something else, for Christ's sake. I didn't know that was the baseball thing. <laughs> I love I just saw a video of Mike Tyson training for his boxing oh, match. Oh, yeah. And it's the scariest thing I've ever heard, and Johnny Bench is like, yeah, I'm training for this commercial. I need six more hamburgers. <laughs> just like, yeah. I can catch a rake, sure. Right. What do you think what about was the, that, Mike Tyson? That's going to be uh, 
Oh, I'll totally watch it. I'm totally down to watch that. That's going to be a huge uh, event. That's probably going to last five minutes. But yeah, this will be maybe not. This might be controversial. It's 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 definitely rife for rigging because they're going to want to get some time out of this because they can be like, sure. All right, fellas, just dance for like three rounds. Roy Jones Jr. He can dance, man. Is no slouch. No fucking way. No, neither of us can like. Don't just like like don't get after it for the first. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let's not be the mic of old. I think well, they're well, playing. Let me, they're let me, also let me playing ask. up that yeah. angle of like the monster and the like the man. Yeah, like Rojo Junior's scary, just as scary too. Hell I also yeah. have not seen. They haven't leaked any of his training, and I'm sure he's not just you yeah. know Johnny Bench and five burgers at a time. Now, these dudes are conditioned, and as much as you want to say, they're going to be like, hey, dance around. I think if you put two, from what I've seen of Mike Tyson, you give him two more months of conditioning, which he's going to do, he's going to come out on fire. Man. Oh, yeah. You're not going to say, hey, Mike, take it easy. And I'm take, sure. I'm yeah, sure. that's true. I Oh, I was going to say. He has to know that, and he'll get one hard hit, and like, even if he was even remotely thinking this was just like, it's all for charity, Mike, take it easy on Yeah. Him. Like no, no step way. Back into that. Yeah, the first punch that lands, then you're gonna see it either end or it's gonna be really good. I think it's yeah. just gonna happen. Either gonna be like, this isn't bad. Like this is not gonna be a bad fight, or it's just gonna be like, no, I was wrong. Just I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I don't. I was gonna say controversially for me, I think Mike Tyson's the greatest boxer of all time. I think so. Probably, yeah. The f- highlights that I saw, I saw him over the this period of watching a lot of boxing this summer. It's it's cr- it's just so efficient and weird. Yeah, like he doesn't box like anybody else. No, you can't no. hit him. Right, and you don't know what he's he's just a, a box that whose arm like, pops out every now and then and it hits you and you're dead. You're like you know he's it's like it's like punching a it's like trying to get a a grip like trying to punch a an impenetrable ball. That's what like I was just this. gonna say. It's like a force and field, he's, and, and he's like, so close, and people are like <laughs> trying to hit him, and he just goes like this, and you get close, and he just knocks your head off your shoulder. Yeah, because he's, he's underneath everybody, because he was so small, so he just has to raise that arm up with some inertia, a foot, and it's over <laughs> That's with. That's the crazy so fast, part. Dude. Like when he lost, it was, especially later in his career, due to him just not he didn't care taking I, it seriously. I, and no, right. he could have consistently care. stayed the greatest fighter of all time, but he just didn't ever have that challenge until you can, you see those fights and he goes in and does minimal amount of training and he, he's got about two, three rounds in him. And then you just see him like, yeah, gassed for sure. And you can see him like, Oh, I fucked up. I didn't yeah. train. I remember, like, hear, I remember hearing some story. What was the woman that he got? Uh, uh, he had the trouble with, I mean, she had the trouble with him, obviously, because oh, he was Robin Givens. Ro- is that yeah? Is that what? It, yeah, Robin. And uh, she was. There was a story I heard. I forget where it was from. That before they were dating officially, like she was, you know, messing around. And mm-hmm. this is Los Angeles. She was living in Los Angeles, and a young Brad Pitt was leaving her house or apartment as Mike was coming in. Oh, and I like I guess Brad oh Pitt was he didn't he couldn't even say hello like he turned really really like he just his pallor changed like you know yeah, and yeah. just go like, get out of here like he just he knew what was 
up and like they pass each other and like imagine thinking like Brad Pitt seeing that young Brad Pitt like, like oh yeah like mid 20s Brad Pitt yeah this gorgeous woman picks you up and like yeah I think she might be seeing Mike I don't know I, that's oh, kind of cool I don't know whatever you know kinda, I called my and agent and then, he and then he's, okay. he's coming in the apartment you're like god no god no please god not the face that's probably why I did Fight Club he's like well I gotta do something I was so scared then I can't let anybody know there's this famous series of uh pictures um of mike tyson and this is when all that was going on with the assault and basically you know when the spotlight's on you people are people are looking to take you down and they were definitely looking to take mike down he didn't have cuss old customata you know he didn't have his oh, mentor that's right because he didn't have his died, yeah. ear right so he didn't have anybody looking out for him and so that's when Mike was going down the spiral. He's got all this money just going crazy, right? He may have, he, with that video game, right? At one point, he he had like a had amassed like three hundred million dollars in wealth just from fights, endorsements, primarily Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and eventually he's gonna file for bankruptcy, right? But um, it is the most late eighties, early nineties outfit because he's got a leather. They're bibs, so I don't know if you know it. So they're overalls, but they're shorts, and they're turquoise leather. And he doesn't have a sh- <laughs> and he doesn't have a shirt on underneath it. And one of the straps is undone, right? Classic like boy band style, right. but uh, clearly like somebody in the paparazzi said something to it. So it's him walking like with his entourage like that, him turning because he heard something, and then it's him running at this little little nerdy paparazzi guys these guys try and hold him back and i'll just never forget seeing that because i was like it's the weirdest contradiction because he he's got woman's clothes on mom yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's a monster he like a <laughs> yeah he looks like a victorian area schoolboy, and he's like you know all he's missing is that powdered wig but uh, yeah the 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 Harvey, give balls me you have to have to uh, to uh, to give Mike some sass. Hey, Mike, nice shorts. It's like, right. holy yeah. shit. Right. When's the boys to men audition? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, something. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> right. What do you think? What do you think? That's um, apparently. And, and you know that guy just went. Or just shat his pants on it. Oh god. They uh uh well that's the thing I heard about this fight though. Yes, it might all be for charity, but he is like the face, it's called like the legacy of legends or something, right? And it's across all sports. So yes, this is like it's all Thank these you. um icons of their sports coming out of retirement to have the ultimate match that never could be right so it's mike tyson sure. and roy yeah, jones yeah. jr and then in tennis you're gonna have i don't know john McEnroe, pete sampras, pete sampras yeah. right uh in swimming is that, is that have... line judge gonna be there that got hit in the throat the other day oh, i saw <laughs> that i saw that it didn't look like he hit that ball very hard <laughs> it's just a perfect shot because i was like when i read about it I was like oh man this guy spiked a tennis ball and hit this line judge in the throat that's what i he That's just got mad yeah. and kind of swatted it away, 
but yeah, you don't want to take a tennis ball to the throat. It just no. must have got this poor person just right. And you see his face. I don't know if you saw the video. It's him. Yeah, as it's in the away. air. Yeah. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> He's going, no. <laughs> Watch your neck. No, I saw a clip because they were playing it on – because I was working that day that they played it, and they showed a clip of this like Canadian kid who just got jacked after a match. He was like, yeah. And he just – sidearmed it and hit the top line judge in the face and broke his nose. Oh, so it was like a serve or like a volley? It was like a... No, it was after the match and he just went, yeah, oh. I win! And he just swatted it, you know, like full... Yeah, those things are going 100 miles an hour. And he hit this guy hour. in the face from like 10 feet away. Yeah. But she was... Because I saw... I was like, I gotta see a clip of this because I, I remember reading a comment of it. I'm like, oh man, this was off of a serve. That poor... Yeah, woman. That's what, when I yeah, saw the cl- right. clip, and I'm like, I'm like, what happened? What happened? What happened? I don't see what happened. That was, and I didn't see a good close up until today, where they had another edit from behind him. Oh, I didn't and see that. It just he just goes he just does that, and it just like it kind of gets it right here, and it's she he hit the worst person like that. It seems like she's a line judge that she's like a personally she's the kind of person that doesn't go outside if the sidewalks are wet. Okay. You know what I mean? She seems like a very protected. Oh no! You know, and the this tennis ball hits her, and then, but then she walks off, and she's completely fine. But she was on the ground for like fifteen minutes. Like yeah. she walked off, like no, she wasn't I'm watching good. the Everything. line. Like to me, from what I saw, and I don't want to get, and I don't want to. Shouldn't you get keep your eye on the ball? Sorry. That's yeah, no, totally. it. And it, he didn't like. The, so the rule is, I guess you're not he supposed didn't to hit you down. You're dog. not supposed to hit a ball away, even if it's slow. That just looked like anybody hitting a tennis ball out of the way out of frustration. He didn't, like, throw it up and spike it down. He just hit it out of the way. So this person, I hate to say it, but... And from his reaction, I can tell that the ball is taking some time to travel. This person just Mm -hmm. only had to move a few inches to get out of the way. It was like they opened up their neck for it. Trying to catch it with their neck. It's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Right? Yeah, she was she was down. Like it looked really bad, and you're like, you're like, she wait flopped. a second, that was a flop. It was it was weird. Like was she? I don't know. But yeah, your eyes should be on the. But you see it happened a thousand times, and it, it's U.S. Open. He was yes. number one in the yeah. world, right? Joe oh, yeah, Bagg ranked number one. Crazy. Was he ranked um, number one, or is he just the highest ranked tennis the number player? one seed? That was yeah, willing to go into because a lot of players didn't want to travel to. Of the United States, so like I'm not fucking going there. Uh, Nadal and uh, Federer, who oh, are man. always this is this guy's competing. chance to like sneak sneak a Grand Slam out on like Nadal, who didn't show up. I think like, so. Yeah. <gasps> oh shit. Yeah. I guess but tennis is an ageist, right? It seems like these are the same fucking guys who have dominated the sport for the last twenty years. I mean, how? Oh long, yeah, they right? showed. I saw a graphic of the. Top five Grand Slam winners, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's the same, same dudes." Right, Pete Sampras, Nadal. What's the yeah. Swedish dude who trains Bjorn Bjorg? No, uh, god damn it! The no one I... who won like twenty. Agassi? Uh, not was he? <laughs> oh, full, was he all flash? Full mulleted Agassi? No. Um, I don't remember. Swedish dude. Yeah, I just know Bjorn 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 Bjorg. Is that a Bjorn... real? Real person. Bjorn Bjorg. Bjorn Bjorg. Uh, or is that the hockey player? That's not the hockey player, is it? I think there's a Bjorn. No, Bjorn Bjorg is uh, that's the guy. Yeah, it's tennis. Yeah. 
That's the guy that uh, they modeled Wes Anderson's, uh, yes. Owen Wilson's character oh, yeah. oh, after in uh, Royal Tenenbaums. He kind of looked like him with the beard and the sunglasses and the rock and roll, the rock and roll tennis. Like, <laughs> it's not difficult <laughs> to do. Like tennis. Andre Agassi was like the bad boy. I'm like, she, not a difficult stretch to be a bad boy in he tennis. Had, he had hair. tennis ball yeah. pumps, right? Oh, Wasn't that him? Although, yeah. no, because he wasn't Reebok. He was Nike. Somebody else had the tennis ball pumps. He had the Nike couldn't compete with the Reebok pumps, which is simple. It's a basketball. So pump it with that. a basketball. Remember Nike came out? And you had to have an external CO2 cartridge oh, you had to have and like a, a handle. Oh. And you had to put it in. Like, how did they get away with that oh shit? Come right. on. <laughs> right. How many of those blew up from just people not knowing Over. what to... Yeah. I mean, you don't have a control with the little CO2 thing. Right. You're giving these to kids that have never put air in anything. Yeah. Maybe a bike tire. And then they're putting it in their feet. And a shoe and a device that's never been invented before. Like, was, this is a good, yeah. good idea. <laughs> Those were the halcyon days when you could fell Nike with a, I don't know, make your shoes tighter. Oh, somebody squeezing them. Somebody posted a uh, picture, sent me a picture the other day, and we're like, didn't every kid in the 90s have this at one point in time? And it was that, that, that gaudy purple and powder blue and white Charlotte Hornets pullover that was really ugly you know what i mean it's like oh, those were the purple colors, it's got the, it's got to have the hornet right here yep. and it was like purple on the sleeves but it was kind of white on top and it had the purple and white hood and because my those. brother had one because he was a big he bit down on the charlotte hornets phenom when it came out because the colors were fun was the the Derek coleman and alonzo morning of, of oh, morning is that what the cell was big mama it's like it's yeah. new you or don't know grandmama. anything about this team yeah right. Because I bought those shoes. I bought the British Knights. BK Knights. Yeah. Didn't they have the zipper? Didn't they have a pocket? I'm thinking there was a pocket. I hope so. In the yeah. British Knights. Which is really weird saying it now. Because if you sell to somebody, they like, there was a shoe <laughs> called British Knights? Like, nighttime? I go, no, no. <laughs> no like, no, the no. night. Like, the, 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 you know. The, of the, the round table. Yeah, the defenders of the realm. Because of, of you Britain. know how the British love basketball. Right, of Classic course. Basketball. And sneakers. They're known for their <laughs> their sneaker obsession. Yeah, Remember those Monty Python sneakers? They were great. Right. And you think of a British knight, you think of uh, athleticism and agility and speed. Oh, man. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be in that be... pitch meeting where they're like, look, Nike's got Jordan. We got we need a British Arthurian guy legend. We need Sir Elton John. <laughs> Right, was that what they whittled down? Yeah, what was it? What was it like they called? They're called Lancelots. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. No. What other knights we got? Sir Gawain. I was just going to say, Ger De- <laughs> Sir, Sir Gudrain the Three. Gudrain <laughs> 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 the Three. <laughs> See, you're missing a whole market. Oh, Sir Dunksalot. Yeah, yeah, it'd be course. Sir Dunksalot. Yeah. We're called Sir Dunksalot. They could have done that. That's a better name for a shoe than. British knights. The Dunkaroos. Sir Dunks a lot. When they, yeah. re- when they, remember when they anointed King James? I think we spent a jerk practice meeting riffing on, we're like, you guys are missing the whole knight's angle. Like the Lady of the Lake bringing up his shoe. Yeah. And right. it was him like boxing out like suits of armor. Yeah. <laughs> but that right. Venn diagram doesn't mix. You know, you don't have your King Arthur nerds and your hoopsters. Right. There is no, uh, doesn't that circle <laughs> true, yeah. marry a twain? I think you're looking at 
at them, and I don't think any of us are super big basketball fans. Right. I get down on some mythology. Hey, I, I right. like I like them both, but I, I again, I don't have shoe money either, so they gotta they gotta factor that in. You don't got enough money for a shoe with a scabbard on the side. Yeah, they were ugly shoes. It's interesting in the pocket, right? Because I wonder if that's a weird... Because any time pockets in the 90s in clothing, secret pockets go together, I'm just like, these are yeah. drug, these are drug yes. shoes. Yeah. True. It's for yeah. your weed pocket. Because I, I had Cause like... It, it starts as like, oh, it's for your change for the concession stand. Or for the <laughs> right, bus. Right, right. And then it's that's where it's I like, put my drugs. For your like, rocks. Right, for your rocks. Because that or was for... the thing with like Echo, like Mark Echo. I bought a pair of Echo jeans and something my mom found out like because they had a pocket inside the fly. And she's like, those <laughs> drug jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but then if you think about it, what do you need a pocket inside the fly for? True. Just hiding shit. I mean, it doesn't have to be drugs. Right. But, but like, if you're really bad at remembering to put on a condom, maybe? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know we got to go down here for this, what but uh, wait. Ooh, oh, that's right. It? I got to wear a condom. So think like a ab- back pocket on the inside? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So think about your fly uh-huh. like that, right? Uh, I'm drawing it for you. So that's your zipper. Yeah. Right, Got so it. your pocket is only it's it's a vertical pocket only as wide as like one half of the zipper. So you put like a joint in Got there, it. or a rolled up <laughs> some then, rolled up bills. But it's just a break, and you gotta <laughs> dig it out. Like I get, I get it. Like a spy pocket for your joint. Right, yeah, but, but you don't need that because you just put them in your cigarette box like a normal right, yeah, exactly like any other same <laughs> like person. I do. I mean, you come just, on, you don't need pockets. For you joints. put in your highlight because uh, if someone hey hey what's that? You can throw this. <laughs> you can throw the pack of cigarettes away if someone. But right. if you're like, oh no, oh jeez, <laughs> this right. is this is this is reminding me. Looking at you two guys, I was just that would be really funny if there were glasses with pockets on them, <laughs> <laughs> eye frames with pockets, just a little. A little long pocket, like it's just a little sleeve down the frame, or maybe one dangling, just over, yeah, a little dangling pouch. Mitch, Mitch or right here right on the bridge. You wouldn't have heard this because it just came out in the episode today. I was telling Casey I saw a pair of denim Air Jordans last week, and on the back of them, what they were denim Air Jordan Jordan throwbacks, and they had back jean pockets on the back of the shoe whoa yeah so they wait got so can there. you <clears throat> is this just the world of customization that we that i don't know or I, did somebody make somebody that's what those artisanal jean jordan they're artistic so air nike air force ones and air jordan they make custom artisanal shoes for the sneaker heads so if you're a if you're a completist you're gonna have the denim Air Jordans, and just like you're gonna have bucks on a... the burlap Air Jordans, and you're gonna wow. have the yeah. burlap Air Jordans. Give me some corduroy Jays. Give me some gingham. gingham. I, want some co- I want some cork cork Jordans. <laughs> a nice dry noodle. <laughs> yeah, um, macrame. I do remember. I do remember. Since we're on shoe talk, just like I was like, "Mommy, he's got, he's got flashy shorts." Like. I remember the first time I saw an air pocket on a shoe, a Nike Air, and I was like, how'd they get the air in there? And how's it stay <laughs> right. in? 
<laughs> and then right. the, the conversation, I remember the first time a kid like popped his thing with his pen and I was just like, oh, he, he's got popping money. Why'd you go and do that? You right. had magic in your feet. And then just being so disappointed that there wasn't like a whoosh, you know, because it was just a void of space. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. They got nothing. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing can put drugs in there. <laughs> I popped the air yeah. to put some stuff, you know, never mind, but uh, it's going to work out. Don't worry about it. I'll figure something out to put in that, that hole. That is good marketing because all teenage, teenagers are so secretive. So if you can just add a feat, it doesn't, obviously I'm not saying it's got to be drugs and shit. Like, obviously it was a lot for a lot of people, but it can be like, your little crinkled pieces of pornography you found in the woods. <laughs> you put that in a yeah. secret pocket. <laughs> because you only have a few pages. Oh my god, found people don't real I, I, I people yeah. don't realize that you can't have that discussion with anybody of a certain age because it just makes you sound like a completely insane sociopath. Right. But you're like, no, there was a period in time where like, you know, the internet didn't exist and or nobody had it or it wasn't efficient. And uh there's a thing to, that was just Clandestine found p- pornography. Yeah. <laughs> be like, like a, oh, was a picture a of this Spanish attractive woman I found in an alleyway. I'm gonna fold it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You don't, it, it, like it was so weird. When you, well, not that you were looking for it all the time, but when it happened, you were like, well, yeah. oh, I didn't buy this. <laughs> this was an this was an era where you walked into like uh, a Seven Eleven or a Super America. And you saw the nudie mags, and they shoot. They had the first inch and a half clear cellophane, oh, yeah. and then it was all black yeah. underneath. And you were fourteen, and all it took was like, I know, I know what's <laughs> yeah. underneath there, yeah. <laughs> and I can't have it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna steal some skittles. No, it's true. It's like I I know far too many people that are like, yeah, I stumbled onto a uh, pornography in the woods. Oh yeah, you're like what? Right, just right. like yeah. Some guy found... goes out to do his jerkin stump. <laughs> it's like it's a box of old weathered penthouses, right, right, right. and you're just like, I'm the luckiest yeah. kid in the world. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was or a rub, rubs a lucky turtle, <laughs> and then he goes uh, goes to town. Ah, there was a kid. There's I grew old up Sam. With that, and Sam. we had, I don't know, forty Club Confidential full on nudie mags. And we kept them buried in the backyard like a corpse. So every time we wanted a new one, we keep one at that. Uh, everybody gets one. When you wanted to trade out, everybody gets you had one. to, you know, take your knife, cut into the sod, right? Or, I, yeah, right, because, like, the root structure. So the grass would pull out. So you'd have that safe cover. And then you have to dig up this box and of course it's slowly getting wet and moldy and it's in uh, a plastic sack oh, or whatever God. and then get your new but that was just normal like it's sunday i gotta tell my mom i'm going to basketball practice i'm going to open shoot and then <laughs> open shoot and then God. i'm gonna go dig up this box of porno mags and you know <laughs> looking over my shoulder to get my other in one in your friend's backyard so right. it's not so if someone catches you, it's not even your own house. Uh, yeah, yeah, the internet has definitely changed the smut game for sure. It's no made, imagination, but yeah, there's no there's no ingenuity. The things like I I told you, at least you this before, Casey. So my I had one of those like cheapy metal framed 
loft beds and underneath it was like a futon that could lay out into a bed to make a bunk bed right so you're cool 14 year old you got it like your own couch and then you sleep above it by the way the loudest like because it's all metal right so any movement on this thing is so loud yeah but anyway so the way you put it together like think ikea or cheaply made furniture is the posts they had plastic caps because it was hollow right so you pop these plastic caps down and that's how the posts on the bed changed so you could take a little screwdriver or whatever and pop these posts off and you just had a hollow tube so that's where I would shove down these nudie mags, right? <laughs> like Tinder. Okay. Roll it down and fit it in there. It fits musket. perfect, right? So, it, so but you'd have to get it out and you'd push it down. You couldn't like get your fingers down to like pull it out. So what I would take is a pencil and wrap a piece of scotch tape and hang the scotch tape down. <laughs> and you'd go oh down gosh. with the scotch tape and you catch enough <laughs> stick on the end and you could fish out enough. You all you get is one page and you pull out that. Victoria's Secret that you took off your neighbors, right? Out of that mail fraud out of their mailbox, you know. On a re- oh so there's God. the ingenuity, you know what I mean? Like you had to be crafty. I looked up uh, something about uh, God, I don't know where this came into my head from, but speaking of Victoria's Secret, um, it was Stephanie Seymour popped in my head once. It, it came up, and I'm like, "What the hell happened to Stephanie Seymour?" So I did a the Wikipedia search because I'm like, you know, she's married to Axel Rose. She was like yeah. the, the the face of Victoria's Secret forever, and you'd see this, uh, you know, everything else. She's like married and like lives in Westchester to some wealthy man. Now she's a trophy wife in you know in Westchester or somewhere up there, Greenwich or something. And at 16, <laughs> at 16, like the Strokes, Julian Ca- Casablanca's from the Strokes. Yeah. His, his dad is runs one of the largest modeling agencies in the world or something like that right yeah super wealthy super wealthy modeling agency yeah he like became her legal guardian one of those situations when she was like 16 gotcha oh yeah so she was in on the game when she was 16 because she was like five two is tall and she you know she was you know did not appear whatever but uh yeah, it was really creepy, and I was like, "Oh God, I don't know." It's like this kid that's raised in that environment, like going to Swiss private schools, and your, your dad, dad in his late forties is walking around with a sixteen-year-old youthful ward supermodel that her parents kind of kind of sold to you as property <laughs> to make money and walk around. I'm like, "Oh my God, what a terrible world that that whole ugh, that whole thing is." You I know suppose what I mean? like the strokes yeah. became. Ultimately, they're the face of that transition of like, what's what's the term? You want to use the word hipster, but basically it's like rich privilege looking like shit, right? Right. Yeah, so, they were like that. They, yeah, they hung their. That was the the star you hung on. Because that was that. the Williamsburg. Like downtown, still downtown, baggy, man. It's dangerous. You know, Lower it's crazy. Yeah, if they were from. Yeah, if they were if they were middle class kids from. Queens or anywhere else, yeah. it'd be like they'd be like fucking the Stooges because that album, yeah. that first album, is amazing. It's a great well, record. It's so a great, that's what great I remember music. being so disappointed is that first album's amazing. Is Room on Fire? Is Room on Fire their second album? I think that's second. Um, I think. That first album's amazing, but more their their first single that they did. This MTV was still going on. I just thought it was so cool because they just did a a one shot live music video. 
And at one point, like, the cool. microphone falls over and shit, and they got to pick it up, but they kept, like, you know, they just kept that track. They did it all. I was like, oh, that was gritty. That was awesome. And then I was like, these guys look like shit. These guys look like me. Yeah. And then I was like, right. oh, they're all fucking billionaires. And it was their second album. I think the tour for that, they asked Mr. Show if they could call their tour Wicked Scepter mm. based on that oh. metal sketch with the kid with the burnt body. Oh, yeah. So it, I was in that time. I was like, oh, these guys know their shit. These guys rule. Yeah. They, they get... know Mr. Show. And they, they're they from Williamsburg. They have good taste. They have, they're billionaires they with they good, taste. good taste. They at least have like... good taste. <clears throat> and I guess, you know, wealth doesn't take away good taste. It just becomes disappointing because you, you... It can't it, most of the time. It, does. it takes off... <laughs> yeah. It takes that sheen off the... Um, that working class hero. Yeah. Like, you're one of us, You man. can do it, and, and it takes a little sheen off, you know. You can do what you want if you're passionate. You go, well, yes. Yeah. But it's it also helps rich. if... You always hate that. Like, there's this... Um, I I was listening to NPR and I heard um, forget what it doesn't matter the show doesn't matter they were playing this music I was like wow this is this is this this singer songwriter she's really great she has a really pretty voice and they were talking to her and the name of this album is Blush and she was super interesting and super engaging talking about it and I was like oh this is cool I might check out this debut album and then he's like well we can't dance around it anymore. Your dad is Ethan Hawke, and your mother is Uma Thurman. <laughs> what is that? Oh. What is that? Maya yeah. Hawke. It is. Yeah. She's got a new right. album out. And then I didn't put two and two together until Meg told me yesterday. She's in Stranger Things, yep. and she's great. Yeah. She's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. She's a really good singer. And again, I hate to say it because it's not fair because everybody, it's all relative. It does take a little bit of the, the edge off of that ambition. Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally, because you know how expensive it is to do nothing but your thing. Everyone's like, you got to do all this. And like, she's had the ability to do it. To have to just spend all of her time doing whatever she wants to do on guitar and make mis- You know, I mean, like, that's mm-hmm. that, it's all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like you have to go get, get work your job and you go home and you play guitar and you don't have any friends because that's all you do is you work and you play guitar. Yeah. It's like. No, I have an active social life, but I can play guitar for eight hours a day. I can go do what I want. In a studio uh, with professional equipment. Uh, my guitar cost twelve hundred dollars. Right. It's an old Martin from the '60s when they made them with uh, you know these certain kind of the uh, the uh, bone nut in the top of the neck. So it's very expensive, and it sounds tremendous. It's got a warm. You know what I mean? Like they're already. Yeah. <laughs> And that starting never... at the top. And besides, her dad, who was her mom and her dad, can just be like. These are cool things because right. they're both smart. You know, they know some stuff. So they just give it to her. And she's like, and yeah, Ethan Hawke knows musicians. He could be like, oh, it's Steve Earle's guitar. Go ahead. Go to town. He uh, um, and that doesn't take away from the end product or like the talent or anything. It just does. Even if you try and fight it subconsciously in there, you do have those thoughts of like, well, so. you had a leg up. So yeah, that mythology, and that's not fair because they were born with the leg up. You know what I mean? They still got to yeah. put in the work. There's still a lot of piece of shit, butthole millionaires' oh, yeah. kids out Those there. Those are my favorite. Are the Chaz the, uh, Hanks, f- the famous famous people's kids who would like, you know, Joe DiMaggio's kid who lives in like Santa Cruz and grows mushrooms. <laughs> like you know, it's like he's <laughs> like. 
wasn't good at ball, wasn't an actor, never wanted to write anything. So it's like, I smoke cigarettes and uh, grow portobello mushrooms. DiMaggio's a big <laughs> smoker, like, okay. too, though. Again, bring yeah, me back was. some characters. I want to see some butts in the dugout. Oh, yeah. That would be... Uh, the can you imagine... Give me a cigarette. Can you imagine, like, the storyline of one guy, they're like... Where's yeah. the fat guys? I'm sorry. Where's, Where's the John fat Crump? guys? Where's John Crump? Right. Where's Kirby give Puckett? Me, yeah, give yeah. me some heavy set like the 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 Indians. We got we got guys on the verge. Carlos Santana's always been a bit. <laughs> he's always been a bit a little Albert dumpy. Bell. Yeah, but he was yeah. nuts. But uh, still, but he. But uh, Carlos Santana, he's too serious. He's a really good defenseman. He's a very apt baseball player. He's exceptional at certain things, but he's not like a superstar. He's just very steady, Eddie. Jose Ramirez, he's tremendous, tremendous hitter. He's young. And I see it happening on him. He's playing third base. He's got a great arm. He's getting it just gets a little rounder. Sure. And it's because I want it. I want it. I want him yeah. to be thirty years old and just being a designated hitter and being like, I said, this is what I do now. Uh, don't get me out in that field. Come on, coach. I just want to swing the bat. And he's just you he's getting a little anchor. he's getting a little chunky. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's what chunky. I was gonna say. Your you third base, rhythm. your first base, those guys need some heft. They're your the boulders on the edge of those diamonds. <laughs> right. Your right. shortstop can be a spry guy, maybe your second base, but it's give instinct. me that fat guy who can just dig out a ground ball, right. trot over to first base. <laughs> yeah, I you I need some fat, some fat, ugly first baseman. <laughs> we need fat. We need a, like the best one of all time is probably Boog Powell, which is the, <laughs> one of the greatest baseball names ever. You ever seen a picture of Boog Powell? He looks exactly like. <laughs> He's a large, toe-headed, heavy-set dude that was what like about, six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds. What about Kent Herbeck? Oh, yeah, Herbeck's another. He yeah. was a good first baseman. Yeah, I was give always toe-headed Midwesterner. Yeah, yeah. I was always sketched out about like really short first basemen that were like the guys that are like, why is that guy over there? I'm like, too come spry. on. Yeah, he's too spry. Put him in shortstop. How long do you think like a team to just go all in? That looks like your dad's softball team. That's I all I want. I don't know why not. A couple Who skinny guys baseball? that are really tall. Dads. A couple fat guys. Exactly. Baseball's they want to see themselves. Game. I want to see. I want to see myself. I in am here. now. Watch uh, if they had a uh, uh, like a starter you know, on league. The Mexican League World Series once league. on ESPN, and it was so much fun to watch. I'm like, I'm watching a softball game. That's 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 the best. Real looking people playing baseball. It was what, great. Like in, in professional ball, though. It, the league in Mexico, yeah, it was for the Mexican Baseball League, so it was all... Well, a lot of... Um... Sign me up for that. Now, that's a Tom Berenger movie. That's Major League Four. <laughs> Either he becomes the commissioner and really mucks it up, <laughs> right. or they send, like, him, send uh, him down to San Juan. Uh, Latinx countries, like, they take fucking baseball serious. Are you saying that kind of the leagues in those countries look a little more normal because if you're a dominant player, you do end up coming to the MLB? You know what I mean? Like White Sox, a ton of our players are um, Hispanic. A ton. Yeah, Dominican, Dominican, Puerto Rican, yeah, and Cuban. Yeah, right. And there's not a large. That's not the as far as the the massive population in the land. Mexico does not have true, a ton have of, a ton of pro per capita. Those those three areas yeah, are way right. as far as Latin American baseball players. They outnumber. They're crowding the flood so the much. I mean, the most famous Mexican American baseball players, Fernando Valenzuela. I was just gonna say Fernando Valenzuela, and he's he's a big dude. Right. Yeah, and he's my favorite. 
But also, all those guys can just, you know, just move if they're prospects. Yeah. They just get to the United States, and like, why am I messing with Mexican? You know, if they're really good, because their leagues, like my nephew, is in like, is on like three teams. You know what I mean? He's a kid, and he's mm-hmm. serious about baseball. He's serious about pitching, and they he plays baseball like fucking seven months a year, and like little yeah, leagues, and like all these kind of indoor leagues and everything else. And he loves it. He's obsessed with it. Why? But, yeah, but but they get prospects so young. If you know you're good, the culture is so strong of getting the the pipeline of these kids in there. If you're good and you're from Mexico, and your family's got, you know, this kid's got a shot. They're gonna, you know, I mean, you can you can get over to the states and get more. Com- you have a met better, a higher com- competitive um, yeah. standard, I would guess. Why don't we, I mean you certainly do? Why do you think it is that um, American major league sports opened up the border up north to bring in these franchise teams and won't do it down south? Mexicans, oh, like, a point. Mexican, like good a, point. A Mexico City baseball team would like be the fucking insane. Amazing. Eagles. Insane! Would, it would shut the city. Right. It would shut the city they down. Definitely they definitely have the population to, to play it. the Yankees or the Mets. Everyone's like I've heard. There's several concert films, um, or I've seen stuff. I've heard several stories about playing in Mexico City and how it's the most amazing audience for at the if they love you. It's the greatest audience you ever had. Like Rage Against the Machine killed down there, in Mexico City. Uh, and then there's the whole rockers versus the goth kids thing down there. Like there's a oh yeah yeah there's a huge like some of those kids like, get beat up because like the this, goth kids are a bit more effeminate and they have a bit more makeup, but they get all the pretty girls. Right. And then the rocker They're guys sensitive. are like waiting, sitting around waiting for ACDC to show up. They love the Stones. They love like the rock stuff. And I saw the I've seen the English version of this T-shirt, but there's like there's a, a a Spanish version where it says has a wrist and it says remember emo kids it's down the road not across the street uh, and it has a razor blade on the wrist I and I guess there's a funny story of although there's an Iron Maiden concert film I think in Mexico City oh, or at least there was one on VH1 where it's like Iron Maiden live in Mexico City and it's just no, there's banners you know what I mean it's like they're taking over the entire country it's like it's a very involved it's like that's what you in want an Iron Maiden show the theatrics of the whole like yeah yeah it's from I think it's from the early 90s and they're just like I was like these guys are this crowd is insane like this is an amazing concert and I guess there's a the when um, you remember Meredith Brooks from the 90s that had the song Bitch Oh yeah, I'm a bitch. Yes. I'm a lover. It was really corny, really corny pop song. She opened for the Stones in Mexico City, and they threw things at her so much she left the show. And they came out and they threatened to like, you know, like you guys can't Stones whatever. They threw they threw stuff at her to get her off the stage. They hated her so much. It's like like it's really That's terrible. <laughs> But they love the Stones so much, they don't even care if they're old. They're just like, they want to see something that rocks. That's so a, I was, they're serious. That's a soft open for the Stones, though. That's Especially, what I, was I feel say. like the it's Stones... I think it's, it was a Jagger situation. Yeah. I think it was Jagger. I feel like the Stones know enough about touring the world. They're like, ooh, Mexico City, hot city, I, hard city. Maybe let's get... Uh, Nathaniel Ratcliffe or something, like somebody yeah. who can rock. It's it reeks of Jagger. I think he wanted another notch on the belt. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. This wanted... um, 
it just that's you, when you get San he Bernardino. was only 62 then <laughs> you just um uh hit me and it, it just hit the top of my head i wanted to tell you guys about it. it's not super interesting for the podcast but have you ever heard of this band from the early 90s because and especially since you're a music guy it's called slint yes i don't remember their so there's this band from uh kentucky called slint and they had two albums on an indie label and their second album is called spiderland slint spiderland it sounds bad what's that it sounds bad but well what was the hit there wasn't one it's six songs and it's just like this um they call it like a precursor to math rock and like it has all these labels on it so it it was on its indie label it was their second album so they only had like this three-year run and yet this song this album by slint called spiderland wait i I went down the rabbit hole all of a sudden it's like influenced like every musician you've heard for the last like introspective musician for the last 30 years i saw this i know you're talking about they're from louisville yeah yeah i watched that document i watched there's a documentary on it yes yes yeah that drummer is a dickhead but he's a good drummer well you listen to it so it's this super experimental album it's really raw it's really gritty that's what it is okay like isolating and then there's these moments of like raucous like drums and like distortion stuff and all the yeah. vocals on it are sometimes it's like quiet song speak yeah it, it it's a really it's it's a it's put your headphones on give yourself yeah. the next 40 minutes maybe <laughs> and just like let it go but i i have to recommend it for um to to listen you can listen on youtube you can listen to the whole album. they remastered it I heard it. I heard about it because you guys know the band, the Decemberists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, they're gonna miss with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. this, their 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 lead guitarist, lead vocals, his name is Colin Malloy, and he was on NPR because he's been making music in quarantine, just solo, like just doing all the instruments, mixing everything himself, and he made us wrote a song about being in quarantine. And he just happened to write it while he's watching this documentary you were talking about. And it's this really super interesting song about like doing normal stuff in your house. And this was right when the pandemic was like, I don't know, it's just, it's the same thing going on now. Nothing's changed, but it felt more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So he has all these stories like, am I going to take my life into my own hands and go to the farmer's market? It's like this con- these contrasting lyrics right, right. about like, you know, living your normal life inside and having to do these things, yet there's this like, you know, unbeknownst boogeyman, boogeyman right. outside. Really right. interesting. Slint Spiderland. There's a. Uh, I realized that the other day because somebody was this kid, this coworker of mine. He came in. <clears throat> I get along with this kid like gangbusters. I work with some class A, just two or three, real big. Fucking shit heels, some stupid, <laughs> some stupid, cruel, idiotic people. Oh, as yeah. happens, but anyway, nonetheless, this kid, he's one of those people that's going to be moving through. You know what I mean? He makes me feel like someone that's that's that screwed up their life. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he's intelligent, and they're always like, "Why is this guy still here?" It's like this guy seems like he should be doing something else. Should I'm like, I, far, the, far I need insurance, me. buddy. It's a hard world out there. <laughs> right. Take care of yourself. And uh, he's like, he's 
overqualified, very educated, smart guy, you know, and uh, he jokes around, you know, easy to joke with, uh, you can say anything to each other. And he comes in, he's wearing this large t-shirt of the, uh, 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 what's the uh, the Bruce Bruce Springsteen E Street Band Thunder Road, the album cover, okay, with uh Clarence and Bruce on the front of it. And it's like this huge thing. So I tell him all of the Springsteen oh, yeah. stuff and everything. And I was talking about we were talking about Bruce. I'm like, oh, it's great because he knows he knows about King Crimson. He also listens to like new <laughs> stuff and, yeah. and he knows about computers. The kid covers the he covers yeah. everything. And uh, I was telling him about the you know Springsteen, and then I was mentioning how. I don't listen to stuff for like I'm very devotional to artists, but I won't listen to them for a long time. When I when I'm in, yeah, and that's all I listen to for like a month. And I was thinking about Bruce, and I'm like, he's kind of there's a relevance now with driving songs and car songs, sure. Because yeah. if you go on the highway now, I was thinking of racing in the street, which also is easy song to learn on guitar. As uh, there's people now more than ever before just flying by, just dudes, just putting just. Put your I life in their hands. Tuned. What else are they going to do? Like, I'm in my car. That's all I'm going to do. Like, I got to get away from the kids, which is what you would normally do anyway. Yeah. But let's say you're unemployed. Let's say you're stuck in the house. Let's say yeah. you got a fucking pseudo hot rod and you're fucking Tokyo drifting out there. Yeah. And you're you like, work from home now. Yeah. You don't... But these kids and teenagers as well are getting in cars and they're just, just like going. fucking hitting it in uh, Columbus because the traffic is really crazy. But this it's really narrow driving on 71 in certain parts of the city. So people are just driving. Like crazy, and I'm like, that's what we're back to. We're grasping at straws, and the one thing that we can normalize our lives with are people just getting in cars, yes, and driving around for hours, very, very that, true, and going nowhere, absolutely yeah. nowhere. That neo doo-wop, man. It is, yeah. yeah. It is. It is definitely like a neo fifties, like car pop culture again. We for don't sure, have the right? red scare. Everybody's, dude. Talking, I went to. Everybody's talking about going to drive-ins. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go to a drive-in concert now. You go to a dri- stand-up's all going to be drive-in, drive-in comedy club. Yeah, drive-in Hannibal Burris is coming through at the end of the month to the drive-through here. Right to the. Uh, oh, is he doing the Dave Chappelle drive-through, or is he doing the? No, he's doing South High, that shitty South High drive-through. Oh, where they show Star Wars, and uh, this weekend it was uh, Doctor Doolittle, and now <laughs> it's going to be hosting a comedy show. Huh? Who the fuck thought that was going to happen? It's got there's weeds and ivy growing all over the outside fence of this. this it looks like That's I don't amazing. think I want to go in there. I'm like I don't think I don't think I want to taste the fountain soda. But in Thirty this Rocks, place. Hannibal Burris is standing on a flatbed truck, right? But talking now about they're getting, apple juice. Yeah, now they're getting these relevant people and squeezing them into whatever drive-through. There get, are people building the fuck out of drive-throughs right now. Yeah. Like someone's been like. We got an open field. When it's like we got a full fucking. Once people get the taste for it again, it's like cool. Drive-ins are fun. I always love them. I always love them. I always love them. I'm sure they'll find a way to fuck them up. Now there's a great one in Cleveland on Mayfield. That one's great because it's outside the city limits on top of a hill, and it's there's nothing around it, so it's dark. There's trees all around you, and it's just like you would see in the in the movies. It's just very dark. It's yeah. just you go up to the hill and then it's you can do the double feature. That's where I saw the double feature I saw there years ago was a uh, fucking shitty Superman and a better movie. I don't know. <laughs> better Superman. A friend of mine, she went to go see, took her kids to go see Gremlins and uh, uh, E.T. Oh, that's fun. E.T. was that's the fun E.T. was the headliner. It's kind of a scary double feature, actually. Ooh, Gremlins was opening, huh? It's tough. Tough to follow. I'm not a fan. So car car culture. There is something it like, uh, 
it in the pit of my stomach makes me so disgusted. So you see all these ads now for like contactless car delivery, and it makes me so angry right. because it's like yep, essential workers, essential workers, and I I just don't think anything is more minimizing than now. Like you don't even have to like get out of your car to like say thank you because all the commercials are the person in the driver's seat boop pops open their hatch the domino's delivery person sets the pizza in the back of the hatch and all right. you see the next shot is them shutting the hatch and the drivers hand out of the window just, just like, which is most of the time of a, is a lie because they're not even you get they're not even no. What, there's no gesture between those two people. Wrong, you know what I mean? Right. They're just getting, yeah. They're just like, we're still friendly. Like, no, you can wave, but there's nobody there because they already left. Like, you're just even that more insignificant. I make a point when we order food still to like, I know that we put leave it at the door, but like, not to like meet them. Like, blah, no. give me my food, but to like, hey, thank you for your service right. you know thank you for bringing my food. well that's because like, we've been in we've been in the industry and and unfortunately i just i just think it's like again this um country whatever has such a built-in forgetter like like i remember seeing posts like six months ago where it's like just remember keep a fat you know christmas bonus envelope ready for your ups driver and you're it's like no fucking way i can't tell you how many times i've seen people arguing with like how far are we away from christmas right cool i'm gonna say i'm gonna leave him a big fat bonus because it's february right (laughs) christmas was three months ago you can't even get people to buy stamps because the post office is getting defunded or whatever they're like ah fucking let them drown yeah, <laughs> I'll deliver my own mail. Thank you. <laughs> Email, dude. Right. <laughs> I'll just print my prescriptions. What century is this? <laughs> no, they had. Uh, oh shit! What was it that I? Uh, uh, Oh, what funny thing happened today it was this is nothing to do with car culture or baseball, but uh so there's gonna be this, it's just an odd picture. And uh so there's a storm coming through, right? And they said tornado warning, tornado warning. So what happens, you know, everybody goes out and you hear it and you go out in front of the store and the really dark clouds, it's really dark in front of the store in the upper Arlington. And right there in front of the store there's a little parking lot. And I walk outside and someone's like it's just so weird out here. There's this ominous cloud, and this guy over here is playing the violin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait shit. a second. Let me see what's happening. Because I saw a kid playing the violin, crushing the violin outside of Target. He had a sign. He's like, a music major at OSU. I need money for rent. It was heartbreaking. I mean, this kid's slaying it. Like, he yeah. is, like, fucking just beautiful. And I was like, thank you. Like, I, people were applauding. You know, I gave him some money. He was great, and I felt so. And it was great that no one from Target or security was fucking with him. Yeah. He's in a weird spot, you know. What I mean, he's, he's next to the uh, in front of the store. But this guy, this guy playing the violin today, um, skull for a face. I'm not <laughs> sure. At a distance, I'm not sure if he was always actually playing the violin <laughs> because they had a, he had a backing track. This other kid I saw, no backing track. This guy's doing fucking, you know, 
you know, uh, Paganini and all kinds of amazing things. This dude, he has a backing track and a huge sign. I couldn't really see it, but it was he's out there with his his wife. What I, I imagine is his wife, Very and his proud, wife I'm is sure. kind of she's trying kind of like propping him up and kind of like swaying with the beat a little bit. And I kept looking at it, and this dark cloud, like it's a black sky, and this guy is this a uh, Mephistelian, you know. <laughs> kind of thing happened I'm like oh great this guy's conjuring this weather and i kept looking at it and they were like what is he like is he playing and i looked i go he's not moving his left hand <laughs> i was like i don't think so his i don't see any strings. he was doing this but this hand wasn't doing anything wasn't he doing wasn't articulating yeah. he wasn't notating anything so i was like i don't think that guy is but then the track would stop and he'd play a little bit when there was no backing track so i'm like so this guy can play the violin, but he when he has the backing track on his CD and his little fucking PA system, when yeah, it's going crazy, he just kind of lets it go because he was he was working it too hard. He was <laughs> oh he was overselling too much too much with the selling. <laughs> I go he's not playing the fucking violin. <laughs> I was yeah. like come on buddy, you just stand there and you play like they teach you that. He's not like standing two feet away from traffic, people going by, parking their cars, like, get out of the way. Like, I got an Amazon deliver. And he's like, <laughs> as the tornado begins to form of overheads. That um, reminds me, it's, it's, it's too hard for me to watch this, but Meg and I like couldn't resist because the promo is, there's that show intervention and it's still mm -hmm. on, but oh, they, they clearly lost a beat because now it's all shot in Canada. So it's all Canadian interventions, and this episode we saw was... <laughs> because they can't do it in the states because people get on drugs and they just die <laughs> right, in, in right. America. This um, this uh, we'll preface it. This person ended up getting help and getting better, so it's all good. But there's a ride going that to get there, and he um was born. His mother was one of the most famous fiddle player in Canada, and in Canada they have like fiddle olympics so when she's like a famous fiddle player but she's also like a gold medal fiddle player and she's amazing so he was born into legacy and he became this amazing fiddle player not just that he for whatever reason was born with like really long fingers so it was like all the more help fiddle fingers so he's this amazing fiddle player but he's and this can you already tell this is a Canadian intervention? So he's living in the shadow of his fiddle mother and like trying to live up to it. So he starts boozing because he can't live up to it. But then he goes on the road under like a couple fiddle masters and like starts <laughs> living that party Canadian fiddle road. And at <laughs> one point he gets blackout drunk and he falls down the stairs. And he like breaks his like jaw and face where his like face is supposed ah. to like be held where the fiddle is. Yeah. But it like just enhances his style and makes it a little so he's like more sought after, but he's like missing teeth and he decided not to get it fixed because he's now like this crusty fiddle player. But it's like really hard to watch, as anything is to see somebody struggle with that. Like he just gets super drunk around the house his mother like she's not really in, she's got her albums up on the wall which is very mighty wind but she lives a very suburban lifestyle with her new husband mm -hmm. and he'll come home and be like just sauced at the dinner table and they're trying to eat their corn and like don't pay attention to he's like i'm on cocaine <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay okay he's like 
play me and then he names the folksiest thing ever he's like you have to play me john joy's bibble and she's like i'm not (laughs) we're not gonna do that now he's like you can't do the bibble and like she goes (laughs) she finally does it she goes downstairs and she has like a little fiddle studio and what's crazy is like she starts to play and it's amazing and you can't see me do it but like like all you see is him like when she starts getting going she goes <laughs> what the audience can't see is he does this like beautiful majestic but very like folksy country like percussion knee slaps and he's just so like right. bouncing quick with it and i was just like holy shit this is the most canadian dark story of ever. and then right. of course like they cut to like a guy who he like pays this guy to come in on his bar sessions he's like i'm just not gonna pay him anymore if he shows up drunken like that he's not getting any more of my money he's a hell of a fiddler but i'm too much of a friend <laughs> you know then it, right. then it cuts to him. something a bar owner in canada says <laughs> i'm too much of a friend <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see people get yeah. fat and watch hockey. Yeah. I don't want to see them destroy themselves. Hear a little fiddle, a little yeah. John Joe's bibble. You know, <laughs> just a friend, good friendly. Oh, oh man. Anyways, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's ex. I know that's exploitative, but again, let me preface it then. It's Canadian. I'll it's check it out. I'll do, a, I'll do a Spotify deep dive on Spotify. Gets, fiddle, uh, Canadian uh, fiddle. He he. Luckily, comes out the other end. It's hell of a fiddle player. I mean, that's. I'm not taking. It sounds like I'm taking the piss out of fiddling. He's amazing. It's just kind of a. At least in 2020, it's a sillier looking art form. Even though he's he's badass at it, he's in like you know a carpeted white carpeted basement, flopping around <laughs> doing his knee percussions. But he's also right. drunk and on cocaine, and he's got this weird like chin missing teeth, and his poor mother who could might as well be your mine or casey's mother like just yeah lived the fiddle life but lived the very folksy normal fiddle life and now she you know she works at a bank so now she has to go down but she can cut the shit out of a fiddle but again she looks like you know the 52 year old bank teller she is right she she doesn't got the light she can't play in bars until 2 a.m anymore she's done with that fiddle life to make 60 bucks and her poor cuckolded fiddle fiddle cuckolded you know <laughs> um, husband new husband his stepdad has to be like hey you don't swear at my wife in her basement right <laughs> she doesn't need to play songs for you okay right. you play it yourself and you might be playing it in the street soon enough okay this is my house and that's as loud as he gets because he's like go fuck yourself Tony. Right. (laughs) Oh, you might be high on cocaine, but oh, I'll throw you out of this house. Right. I paid for that cocaine, probably, you know. (laughs) Your mother and I, we share things. (laughs) Who's to know who's in that bag of drugs you got, too? Don't know. There's a lot of white powders, and I don't trust anybody around here. (laughs) Now play John Joy's Bibble and go to bed. (laughs) Play John Joy's Bibble. I get so angry, you'll make me want to clean the windows. (laughs) Don't force it on me now. I'll clean this table and the windows again. You know I'm angry when I do something good. (laughs) That's how this house is spotless. Oh, you made your stepdad get the mop out. Oh, Oh, I swear to God, I'm going to mop the floor. Not with you, but with this mop. (laughs) I'm actually going to use the mop. 
<laughs> Your room's a pigsty. That's what we do in Canada. We make things better when we're angry. Oh, God. Yeah, Canadian intervention. Can't re- I just don't, I'm not a big fan of that show. Yeah. I the stakes aren't away. high in Canada. <laughs> it's very, yeah. In America, yeah. it's murder, rape, torture, yeah. criminality, uh, you know, vehicular homicide, molestation. All of the, all the high points of people being the dumbest and most insane culture that's ever existed in the universe. There's, they 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 run a promo, and there's another guy who's Canadian. His name's Robin, and they're like. All Robin wanted to be was the best commercial airline pilot in Canada. And he was kind of just like, holy shit. Oh, poor Robin. That's a very attainable goal, Robin. <laughs> you could have had that. I'd settle for cargo. I, I applied at FedEx. I'd just do boxes if it weren't people. Because those boxes are going to people, which also puts a smile on people's face. You can do it, Rob. Oh man. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. I gotta stay up and not work. And uh tomorrow. I don't work tomorrow. You had tomorrow? I made like forty dollars an hour today though. Ooh, that Labor Day. Labor nice. Day. Yeah. She's been making Hang that it. all the time. Make it I know my fucking coworker, my this kid I work with is a great kid. And he's a great kid there. He's, he's a, is a kid good kid. He is a good he's a good Welshman. He's got he's a good Welshman like myself. And uh he's like he's like, We get paid too much. Like this is a ridiculous job. I go, Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> I was like, Don't you ever say oh, that out loud to me way. again. I go, You don't get paid enough, sir. He's like, Yeah, but this job's easy. I go, it's not about the job, not it's about enough. time, my friend. So I gave him like this like I was like, Oh my god, I'm high handing this kid. Because I'm almost 20 years yeah, older than him. And I'm like, day. now right. just keep talking about heavy metal and the Grateful Dead and shut your yapper. <laughs> Don't talk about money because I know. Imagine all those uh, 19th century uh, uh, union leaders if they had like future binoculars and they saw this kid talking to you working on Labor Day and saying, I think they pay us too much. <laughs> Jeff like, Bezos, the richest man as, on the planet. As the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory is still in flames. They're like, what did he right. say? Well, I just right. think it's, you know, we get paid we pay too, way much too, for, too much for easy work. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. There's a group of men with a large tow line pulling a boat down the Erie Canal. <laughs> like just <laughs> for hundreds of miles. You mean my great great grandson will get to complain he gets paid too much? <laughs> right, right. Can't we get another horse? Like horses are expensive. You guys are here all day. You got, what else are you gonna do? You get drunk at the end of the day. We don't even need to pay you. You can sleep under the stars. I guess he's right. Sorry, guys. We uh, had to cut your dental because these horses need more massages. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. You see these horses teeth are twice as big as yours. Horses work for oats. You guys work for gin. <laughs> There's that. Uh, I can't. I don't even think I. You uh, you can't quote basically anything from Blazing Saddles anymore, but there's uh, that fi- at the beginning of Blazing Saddles there's this amazing scene and it's very poignant where um, these uh, uh, the main the protagonist and his brother they're working on this railroad line and they're getting shit on because they're black by these foremen yeah. <laughs> and they like send them to go do something and they they take this push cart and they end up in quicksand. And they come over there, and I forget his name. He's actually like an actual cowboy. Well, holy shit! Like this, this actor. Oh, Slim Pickens. Slim, Slim Pickens. Pickens. Like he actually on the shoot 
he didn't stay in the accommodation. He didn't stay in the hotel with everybody. He literally camped out yeah, outside uh, of yeah, the set. Totally. Anyways, he's he's amazing in that movie. He shows up and he's like, oh, shit. We're going <laughs> to lose another one. Get him out of there. And the guy throws the... Uh, the um, they're like oh they're, you know yeah. he throws the, the the lasso in to pull these guys out but they're actually just pulling out the push cart and he's like the cart thank yeah. goodness that was yeah. a two hundred dollar cart <laughs> yeah. oh man but yeah that's that's definitely yeah don't I am I was telling Meg like I was like I am so sick of seeing um these commercials pander about how well they treat their employees during COVID-19. It's Oh, it's it so is. weird. It's a Am- be, there's nothing appe- Yeah, that's nothing appealing about an Amazon. All those Amazon ones where the guys like like I want I want things to work out for me and my family. Like and I want things to get to people that deserve them. And everyone's wearing a mask and they're in a warehouse and it's like it's just it's just just a say flash yeah. anonymous figure anonymous <laughs> yeah. figures like completely disposable like what is 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 the individualism that you're appealing to and it's oh, yeah. like everyone knows like you're just showing your ass like we all know what the fucking score is mm-hmm. it's like they paid an actor to pretend to be someone right who they have an it. algorithm that tracks which stores might be culpable for unionization I'm like is that an implication yeah. or an admission <laughs> of guilt is it just me I don't know yeah. maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we, they're inventing a smaller industry within their industry to find out who it is that yeah. thinks that their industry is not healthy yeah. to workers. I know this is a two-parter, but that can take us back full circle. Casey and I were talking about data and the internet, and you know how they're collecting your data, but they're collecting it to do stupid shit like try and get you to buy more Starbucks, which, as Casey said, is nefarious, yeah. but it's not evil. And that, what you're talking about right there, is how they take nefarious yeah. into the realm of evil. Instead of paying the people to more, literally pay a surveillance team to monitor the people and find out if they're talking about forming a union. To right. legitimate wage slaves. Legitimate techno wage slaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... But hey, I can't complain, right? I gotta... You paid a lot. They pay I paid a lot of much. money today. <laughs> I get paid too much money today. I'm going to cut them a check. You know? <laughs> Show them a video of me changing my tire last week when it when it went out in the car, the grandma car I inherited where you're supposed to put the, the jack uh-huh. under the car and it sat in my grandma's driveway. Like, you know, so it's got some it's got some issues. It's still a pretty decent car for 105,000 miles on it. But, you know, you can put the jack on the frame on the edge of the mm-hmm. frame, that little lip yeah. instead of where they tell you, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Just to get oh, some, an extra yeah. inch. It can give you an extra inch, a little riskier, but it gives the car a extra lift. And I was at Mr. Tire and I reached under it to like, like, oh, we can put it right under here. And I just ran my hands <laughs> along the car, just completely, <laughs> just rust. The whole like dissolve, like, all right, well, we can't, uh, this is rotten from the inside out, apparently. Uh, I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, God, I'm so lucky. Oh man, I uh, so lucky to get paid the big bucks. I I know we're cutting short, but you guys should look into the um, scam that is the trucking industry right now. Basically, there's only you think about like that, like this throwback to all these 1970s hit the road truckers. Trucking in America is run by like two or three huge conglomerates. That actually, what they do 
is trick people to come get trained under them to become truck drivers and then they lease out their trucks to these people they can say hey you can either work for us and make this much money or why don't you be your own boss have your own truck you're even a separate company in fact you got to make your own llc and then you're working for yourself and you just pay us back with your truck but what happened? And everybody's like, "Yeah, why would I want to make fifteen bucks? Or it's actually like twenty-five cents a mile when I can be my own boss and make fifty cents a mile trucking." But what happens is, you sign these contracts where you, all of your loads and your cargo is all tied to this company, and they decide what loads you get to take and this and that. So you're not your own boss; you're working for them, but you're also now responsible for all of your expenses. And yeah. not only that. You are beholden to them as a subsidiary company, separate company. So this woman was talking about how she got duped in all this and she never made a dime and she still owes them thousands of dollars because instead of paychecks, she was getting bills from them for cargo Uh. delays and all this shit. And it's rampant. Oh my God. That's insane. And of course, why not predatory? Like, why not lease the truck? Right. And then, then you're just a delivery driver. Just waiting for those 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 large Elon Musk uh, cargo shoots, like the mail shoots in buildings yeah. in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. When you'd see those old ones, and you're like, "Oh, that's so cool!" The mail shoots with the, the like, pneumatic tubes. Eventually, the, the pneumatic tubes. Yeah, they're gonna be underground, where you're just gonna walk out into your yard and be like, <laughs> and it's, there it goes. "Well, that's the thing. That's why these huge companies can do what they do because nobody gives a shit about who delivers their package. They don't right, care nobody, what." Yeah. There's no, like, pride in, like, well, you know, UPS has a good business, and they have nice drivers. Like, people are like, give me my fucking dildo that I ordered from Amazon yeah. in 12 <laughs> yeah. fucking hours. I don't care if yeah. it shows up. I'm going to goddamn rickshaw. If it's not yeah. in 12 hours, I'm going to write a review. I want my shit, yeah. and I want it now. And that's it. So there's, so the so the trucking industry, the cargo industry, is, like, they're over a barrel because they got to take, the yeah. they, they take it on the chin and just do it in volume and speed instead of like, you know, a good old handshake and uh, some eggs at, you know, little you Mickey's smoky, diner. You right. in front of you. You got your bandit. Like, there's no fun. There's no smoky. There's no, no bandit. No, you got to drive balls to the wall or you're getting fucking billed to drop off, you know, <sighs> your nutritional yeast flakes and. Yeah. <laughs> You're all that Karashi and, like you said, dildos and headphones. <laughs> it, is a, it is really. That's some dildos and some, some emu cream. <laughs> Johnny Bench with those five dildos between. His five. Oh, somebody, there you go. Somebody please, uh, somebody Photoshop that for us, please. Johnny Bench. <laughs> And a, and a bunch ben- of Ben Wobbles. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's a Ben Wobble. This Johnny Bench dildo company. It's like, it, the dildo is like Johnny Bench's hand. They're detachable fingers. It's just a dildo tree, and you just snap the little bench fingers off. Well, you, you can't trust Pete Rose. He gambles on his own vibrator. Oh, God. Oh, man. Because I bet this one's going to be a good time. Right. I'm going to slam this baseball into the ground and then into your butt. But that's just then re-edit the footage of him running and the helmet falls off and then the dildo falls out of his pocket. Right, right. He ran so fast. It's like that famous scene in uh, 
what's that movie? Uh, Last Boy Scout, where the guy's got gambling on his own team. Oh, God. So he's yeah. got to make the, the touchdown. Scene, so he yeah. pulls out the revolver and shoots all the defensive players and then right. does the touchdown and then shoots himself in the head. It's just Pete Rose rounding the bases, slapping <laughs> guys in the knee with that dildo, <laughs> taking them out. <laughs> I was just like, they try to throw to third, and he just swats the baseball out of the air. <laughs> Catch that. <laughs> That's like they used to say gambling was so rampant in baseball in like the early tw- early like 1910s and stuff. You used to have people in the outfield. They'd be like, I'll pay you $5 to catch it. And the other guy would be like, I'll pay you 10 to drop it. But then you got the third yeah. guy who's just tickling his ear with the dildo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do as you will, sir. That'd be a funny clip seeing that famous uh, Pete Rose hitting a forty-one ninety-two breaking Ty Cobbs, but instead of a baseball bat, he's just got a large dildo in his hand. And it's like, <laughs> he did it! He did it! He's one of the best! <laughs> he never corked his bat for singles. Never, ever did that. <laughs> just this rubber dildo flies out of the end of the bat. Yeah, it's in the bat. That's what it is. Yeah, he's corking his bat with dildos. That's what it would be because sure. he, was, he used be to cork lot. his bat. That would be he's like shoving them in. It's like those rubber, you know, shitty yeah. things golfers use to like, well, oh, this is doing something. All right, something. yeah, yeah. It's a fucking rubber golf dildo. Right. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Rose, what's your secret? I'll never tell. <laughs> well, Pete, we're not letting you back into the Hall of Fame, and I gotta tell you, it's not because of the gambling. <laughs> it's all those dildos you put in people's shoes. It's those wiener bats of yours. 